0: No Welcome
1: back to on. another episode of Pickleball 411. I'm Coach Fig.
0: I'm Coach Debbie.
1: And today we're going to talk about dinking. So, Coach Debbie, what do you have for us?
0: Well, first off, I want to say no one's made a comment about that music. No one? I haven't gotten any feedback, other than the person who produces our uh, podcast. But I believe that that is some really great music. Okay. Mary J. Blige. Yes. Um, so today, a couple of things. I'm going to talk about it. Um, I'm on a lot of um, pickleball forums. I mean, they're all out there. There's a couple of national ones, The Kitchen, and a couple of others and uh, I I follow a lot of that, just to sort of keep up with the haps. And one of the big things right now is obviously the rule changes that are coming up and are they gonna change to rally scoring? Are they gonna do, um, you know, get away with the chainsaw serve and all of these different things. But this is kind of a left field thing. I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, <laughs> someone has decided, uh, a lady, has decided to get a GoFundMe page for the pickleball pros because they cannot pay their car payments because they can't make enough money playing professional pickleball.
1: That's so, interesting. Yes,
0: yeah, so I guess if you're not on the podium on one, two, and three, you're not making much of any money. You know, it, it's different, obviously, in tennis and other sports, but pickleball is in a very infancy of... Pro, I think that it's about three years in, and there's two different, two different tours, I believe. But anyhow, I thought I'd throw that out there. A lot of con, a lot of a lot of the comments you can imagine were, yeah, right. You know, maybe get a, get a real job if you can't make it. Kind of comments. Um, very few people are like, yeah, I should throw some money at someone who wants to be a pro. From my background of tennis, I do know that. People who were deemed in in their clubs or their general cities um, for tennis, they would try to back them or even get investors. Um, it takes about two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go out on the pro tour for the first year to pay your travel, your coach, your you know ins and outs, odds and ends, and uh, but those investors expect to get their money back when you start hitting the the win and as we know that the lower t- t- uh, tiers you still can get 50 60,000 if you place in a fairly high finish and then you know obviously the slams you know two and a half million dollars so anyhow i think i just wanted to throw that out there what do you, you got any comments on that
1: uh <clears throat> well uh no not not really i thought that uh that was a pickleball versus tennis pros i guess
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of maybe a a taste of what maybe we're going to do down the road.
1: Okay, there you go. So, now moving on to the dinking, uh, what do you have for us?
0: Well, we decided that we'd move on. We've talked about grips, correct? Yes. And um, some other little helpful hints. And if you want to move your game forward, you're going to have to get out of the I'm a bammer, Um, Slammer, whatever you want to call it. Some people are calling it manglers, people that are just, you know, let's mangle the ball. But um, Zane, I was reading some articles that he had written, and he was talking about how he was a professional tennis player who didn't make it, started teaching tennis, went into pickleball. And within the first year of him um, competing, well, he, he turned pro within a, before a year was playing singles. Then he had to play doubles. He wasn't having a lot, really good success in doubles. And then he started to figure it out. And it was the slow game. And he figured out that the higher you go in pickleball, the slower the game becomes. Right. And um, I think that the lower levels, beginners, intermediates, don't quite understand that concept because they're not being engaged in it. And you usually... Don't find out that you really need to understand the soft game and develop a dink a drop because you haven't been exposed to someone who is playing that game. So what what is it that you would come up against? If you're slamming the ball super hard and someone else on the other side is absorbing your power and dropping that ball maybe just outside the no-volley zone or into the volley zone forcing you to come forward, they're absorbing your power and they're not being afraid of your power what's your next shot and a lot of times with people who don't have the soft game it's going to be to hit the ball as hard as they can goes in the net goes out that type of thing
1: okay um going into the 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 dinking uh go ahead what do you have for the dinking how do you what's the positioning how do you stand um do you have anything on bending at the waist? Well, I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna give a description, and I'd be ha- more than happy. And Willie would appreciate it if you you give some helpful t- tips as well. When you're in engaged in dinking, think of yourself sort of as a um, position that you would see in a um, in baseball. The the guy between. Uh, second and third what do you call it i'm i just short stop. the short stop think about a short stop short stops get low with the knees hands go low right and they keep their hands out in front that's sort of the position you want to be in when you dink you're going to be you're going to go and you're not going to be actually hitting the ball as much as lifting the ball up if you were to want to go out and practice it do it without a paddle you'd catch the ball in front and then you would toss out of your hand up over the net that would give you more of the feel of what you're trying to do in dinking rather than a a ground stroke type hit
1: okay now um i like to dink a lot and what i do is i don't stand straight to the net i basically uh turn at an angle and uh, i cut the angles off if the ball is hit in the middle i slide to the middle and then if it's wide, I just dink it back because I'm at an angled position. Now, uh, sometimes uh, players like to out-angle each other, and that's sort of not the right thing to do. You just want to be consistent, not lose your patience, and a lot of the times when you are in the defensive, you should hit to the middle because there it's uh, harder to get the ball back with another big shot. You have a the other players that have to make a decision, where am I going to go? So it's the easier shot to do.
0: Yeah, the middle is is actually key to where it can, you can, um, by hitting to the middle, you can get a uh, directional change that maybe if you wanted to get out of the dinking where they are on you, you can hit to the middle and the directional change will go maybe to your partner who might be the stronger dinker. But um, the other thing with the dink is that you don't have to be perfect with it but what you have to do is you have to move your feet right what where most people start to lose it is when they're reaching their feet are behind them they're reaching far out you actually want to kind of do a shuffle step side to side shuffle step kind of like in basketball how they you know teach this the side shuffle and um, that the, be- the better your feet are the better your dink and drop will be
1: right And another thing is don't bend at the hips. Uh, Try to squat. I squat down when I dink. And I use a lot of my legs. And that's what makes it better because I can get low. And then the other thing is the speed up. What are your thoughts on the speed up? When do you speed up on a dink?
0: Well, for me, the, the speed up isn't going to happen unless the ball is above the net. Okay. So if the ball that they hit is high enough above the net, I can speed up. If it's, if it's really low, it's very hard to hit a speed up and control it. What do you think?
1: Okay. A lot of players decide to speed up a little too soon and they attack the middle of the court. Now in the beginning stages, that seems to be a brilliant idea, but at the higher you go, it's actually better to attack. If you want to speed up attack in front of you Mm -hmm. and because it's less coverage on the other side and uh, the middle, basically, you have a forehand that's right there, and they can just smack it. Whereas if you attack um, in front of you, and you just go at them hard, you could jam them or something along those lines.
0: Yes, that's true. Um, the question is, when do you go straight ahead? Because there's a time, the shortness of time. When you go straight ahead, you're losing time. They can hit right back to you lot. Like- sooner whereas when you go across it gives you time to set up again for your next shot correct yes yeah um but dinking is patience right and i was just going to throw out there I, I did some research on this today and the average dink rally for tw- for um the pro level is over 20 shots so they're very very patient in trying to develop the opportunity either get, to get a speed up a put away or to cause an error on the other side. So if you're going to start dinking, think patience, patience, and then some more patience.
1: The other thing you want to do is you don't want to become so wristy. You want to keep your wrist firm and just dink across and you get a lot of rallies that way you can uh, open wide and hit short and you can get a lot of errors. And then the other thing that beginners do when they first start this is they use the wrong grip. They use an eastern grip to try to dink, and uh, it's pretty hard to dink that way. Uh, We've talked about the Continental grip already. That's the grip that um, a lot of players use, and they get more angle on it.
0: Right, and then, um, like you said, you want to have a firm wrist. You do not want to be super wristy on this shot at all. Firm your wrist, and you're actually going to swing from that shoulder. You're going to have more of a a lever from the shoulder, making the motion. Knees low, bent, and then you can rise up as you use that lever. Um, it's not a stroke, and I, I want to repeat that. It's not like you're hitting a ground stroke from the baseline for a return. It's a completely different shot, and it's the same on both the forehand and the backhand side. You're going to, you're going to lock in that wrist, make it firm, and lift with the shoulder on the backhand side as well.
1: And what are your, very last topic on this one, what are your thoughts about um, the volley, hitting it in the air? What are your thoughts about that?
0: Um, Taking it out of the air, uh, you know, it depends on the height of the volley. A lower volley, I'm going to take it out in front, continental grip. If it's a high volley around my shoulder, I might go ahead and take a swinging volley on it to where I could maybe go through the middle of the players, which if you go through the middle, it causes some confusion, because who's going to take it? That type of thing, and you might draw the error just from that. Um, but volleys, like I said, it really depends on the positioning of the height to me. If it's you know below my, you know, if it's down at my knees or if it's at my shoulders, shoulders, possible swinging volley. I now have developed a backhand swinging volley, something I never had in tennis. But because the paddle is short and the ball is light, why not? Right?
1: Okay. Uh, what I was asking is a lot of players when the ball is sort of high but not really they tend to go for it too fast now what you want to do there is you want to flick it and try to um, hit a corner an angle shot so that's the best shot instead of trying to go for the kill a lot of beginning players the ball is slightly high and they just try to top spin it over the net and that's not the right shot so you have to wait until the ball is at least chest high to then smash it. If it's below, a lot of people are tempted to just whack at it really hard. You should just angle the shot.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because it's patience first, correct? Yes. Patience. And if you try to start start playing, um, and I was talking to a few people this week that if you start asking yourself, what this shot that I'm about to hit, which I know you don't have a lot of time while you're hitting a shot, but if you approach it this way, what the shot that I'm about to hit? What am I trying to to have happen here? If it's all all you're doing is just I'm going to hit the shot, then you're going to be in a reactionary play all the time, correct? Yes. If you are thinking three shots ahead, I'm going to hit this ball over here, which most likely is going to draw them to hit the ball to this place. Then I can hit this shot over here. They're going to, you're thinking three and four shots ahead that then is going to start to kind of calm you down to start thinking more rather than swinging so much. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Th- that makes sense. So uh, are there any more thoughts that you'd like to add?
0: Um, well, I wanted to ask you, and I think you know our viewers probably don't know our background as much because we really haven't talked about it, but you started Pickleball fairly recently. Yes. And would you say that you've developed... From when you first started to now, is your pickleball um, uh, intelligence or your pickleball approach different than when you first started?
1: Was it? Is it different?
0: Yeah. Did you develop a different approach?
1: Well, I always uh, thought about the angle shots, the third shot drops. I never banged at all. Even when I first started five months ago, I never banged. So yeah. my my uh, uh, perception of pickleball is the same. I always do the same shots, and I always play the same way.
0: Well, when we first started out, um, we had someone who was a very high-level pickleball player who said to us from the very get-go, do not hit the ball hard. Right. Do not think about it as slamming and bamming. And the first thing he did was said, you can't do anything but either hit a dink or a drop. Right. And I played that way for about three weeks almost every day until I finally went, Can I please hit it super can I hit it hard? Right? But it set this to me, it set the mindset of this game is not about hitting the ball hard. Right. It's not about, you know, killing your opponent off. It's about a strategy. This game is about touch, strategy, and patience. Yes. And I think I I thank him for that because It really did um, speed up the process of our play, and at least for me. I won't speak for you, but for me, it did um, speed up my process because I wasn't going out there with the banger mentality. Yes, I went out there with more of the dinker mentality, and uh, I I won't lie. It was very frustrating at the beginning because people are whamming the ball at you while you're trying to control a shot, but anyhow that i i just wanted to throw that out there that we've been there we understand this isn't easy it isn't easy to say hey you know yeah you're you're having you're having some good fun out there but if you want to go into that next level you're going to have to back it off a little bit and start trying these different shots
1: right no that makes a lot of sense so is there anything else you'd like to add
0: i think I think that's good. I I do want to thank the viewership or the listenership for being out there. We've gotten some listeners in Canada and Germany and different places. And that's exciting, I think, to know that people are tuning in and listening to us. And, you know, we're we're trying to share as we also are experiencing things. And hopefully we're helping you, um, you know, helping you find your game. Because the other thing I'd like to say is that everyone has to find the game that suits them. We all have different personalities, different body types, different types of skills. You have to find the game that works for you. But also, you have to understand what this game is about. And this game is about winning at the no-volley zone.
1: Right. So, thank you very much for listening. Until next week.